You're listening to The Chris Miller Show. Hey, this is Chris Miller again. Uh, I'm with Top Folio, a division of the Syntagma Group. Um, we are a recruitment firm for creative services, digital, tech, uh, UX, all the pieces. We've done this for a long time, and uh, part of our podcast that we've been doing has been talking about UX and just the confusion and the mystery and what this is versus that. And um, one of the people I've actually invited today, uh, his name is Ryan Rosenberg. He is a creative professional, I guess now a UX professional. It goes back a long way. We have some history together. Uh, so, Ryan, uh, do you mind telling everybody uh, just a little bit about yourself? And I really appreciate your time, and I'm glad we finally pulled this thing together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chris, for having me. Um, sure. Yeah, my history goes back, uh, as a, I guess, as a professional designer, probably about 20 years. Wow. Uh, came out of school with a, uh, a BFA in graphic design, and then, you know, slowly worked my way up from graphic designer to, um, uh, you know, associate associate um, art director, up to art director, up to associate creative director, creative director. I, I opened up my own small design agency um, to, you know, help with freelance projects that were coming in uh, during that time. That's, that's kind of been up and running in the background for for many years as I, you know, work on my full-time jobs here and there. And then, uh, so, so currently right now I'm, uh, I work at a company called Sanofi, which is a multinational, um, pharmaceutical and healthcare company. And, uh, my, my, my title specifically is, uh, is, um, the, uh, associate director of digital design and user experience. So what that essentially means is that given my, you know, 20-year history, I understand design, and, and really I, I help Sanofi define what is the Sanofi way of doing things when it comes to design and user experience. So that's everything from, you know, um, defining what our UX model looks like internally to coming up with the, the design systems to, um, to streamline and make our processes more efficient in Sanofi. Uh, working closely with our external agency partners who execute a lot of our uh, creative tactics, working closely with brand managers to making sure their goals are being, uh, you know, addressed in the design systems that I'm, that I'm designing and evolving for them. So, yeah, it's pretty wide-ranging, um, and uh, it's really, really exciting work. I mean, pharma is um, typically seen as, as years behind any other industry when it comes to when it comes to UX. So I think there's a, a, an amazing opportunity here to really help shape what that model looks like inside of pharma. And uh, I'm just happy to be working for such a great company. Well, that's cool. And, and you know what's interesting is that, and I was thinking about this, was that we, we had talked at one point and you said you went to like a UXPA or, a, you know, a conference right. and you were one of the only healthcare people that like were there. And I was like, wow, that's, Super unique because I, you know, maybe I talked to too many people, but I thought that was just a, a unique piece, uh, you know, I don't know, unique story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I get to attend a lot of these uh, larger, in my current capacity, uh, design conferences and, and UX symposiums, and, and usually I'm the only, I'm usually the only rep from from pharma there. I mean, we see a lot of banking, we see a lot of finance, we see a lot of other design shops, uh, automotive. Um, Entertainment, food services, you know, uh, consumer goods. Usually the only only guy there representing pharma. So, so again, great. I think a great opportunity 
to to help shape um, to help shape that. I'm currently sitting on the uh, Adobe Creative Cloud customer customer advisory board. So so that's oh, right, as right, the right, only awesome. part. Yeah. So so as the only you know rep on that board, um, how can we help Adobe shape their product direction to really satisfy some of the things that we're trying to do in, in pharma, which is really um, heavily regulated more than probably any other industry out there. Obviously. Um, you know, even I say even probably more than finance. I did some time in finance, and I was I was really surprised that you know healthcare trumps it all in terms of regulations, and, and rightfully so. You know, we're dealing with people's lives. We want to make sure that the information tactics that you put out there really um, really protect consumers. And that's interesting. You, you sit on that board. That's awesome. And, and you know, it's interesting about that. And that all sort of is the uh, I guess the uh, conduit to my next question was mm-hmm. even. It on a board like that, and you're sitting there, and you ask the simple question, which I ask everybody who does this podcast. I always ask, "What is your definition of user experience?" Right? And like, mm-hmm. uh, and and it, and it, it, I, I would ask them that, but I still think, granted, it probably would be a key. It, there'd be some key points they'd stick to, but I think there's also would be different flavors, right? And that's why I do this podcast. Yeah. So what would what would so what would you how would you answer that question? Um, I would say you know my definition would be. You know, speaking specifically to online experiences, um, that's sure. mostly where my uh, my history lies. You know, would be to give the user what they want when they want on yeah. the device that they're on on that at that specific moment. Um, you know, to make something that is simple on a device is extremely complex, right? It takes a research team to figure out what the users want. It takes a tech team to build it, a design team to make the interactions useful and intuitive for the user, provide a frictionless experience. This is really hard to do, right? But when it happens, that's that's great design. It happens in the background. There should be no other uh, no other thought about how that experience should 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 work. It just should should happen. And that's again extremely complex. So yeah, to give the users what they want when they want it on the device that they're that they're on it at that time is is uh, I see my definition of, of UX. And I mean, I guess it could be anything. It could be gaining information. It could be a transaction. It could be buying something. Sure. Right? I mean, it's yeah, probably different. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I guess it's transaction, right? Essentially, or branding or understanding. But, and it's interesting you talk about your title being, uh, you know, interactive design or digital design and UX. So it's right. kind of like a hybrid role. And was that, you know, and it's interesting, was that a title that was, I mean, you might have been the first guy, you know, at your organization or something like that, or is that, you know, some people have to go make their own titles up sometimes, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of, that's pretty much what happened at Sanofi, right? So, so I like I mentioned, I come from a traditional design background. I still consider myself a designer, just really a more informed one, right? I know the questions to ask now to inform the designs and experiences I'm working on a design. So, uh, you know, a bunch of years ago, um, probably right when I right when I joined Sanofi, probably about five years ago, I attended a a three day workshop on UX, and I really just fell in love with the process. Right, it covered that it covered everything from in three days, everything from user research to user testing, and, and like I said, I fell in love with that process. And at that point, I really set out to learn as much as I possibly could through you know books and articles further trainings, and um, Sanofi about three years ago wanted to kind of memorialize my my knowledge, and uh, so they sent me to 
a, a course to uh, retain a certification of certified usability analyst through Human Factors International. So kind of armed with that with that title, I came back to Sanofi and I said, you know, I've been doing design for so long, but I, uh, you know, I feel now that I'm at the point to where I can add UX to my title, right? So they added UX to my title and I became I became the UX guy in Sanofi. So awesome. by just having that title, people automatically when they have UX issues or what they think could be UX issues, sometimes it's just a design issue, um, they come to me for that. So just having that in my title automatically made me that guy, and I had to kind of figure out what that means at Sanity. So, so now I'm trying to define what our model looks like, right, set up a model for user testing, A-B testing, you know, how do we um, how do we work with all of our creative agency partners who are designing these tactics how do we ensure that they're making informed design decisions based upon actual data and user research as opposed to shooting from the hip? So um, sometimes that can be challenging because there's so many different design agencies I work with, and some are um, some are, have have a really great uh, UX acumen, some some don't. Right. So um, I try to kind of meet them where where they're at at that point and uh, just you know ask questions. Um, figure out why they put this here, why they designed this thing a certain way, and, and um, just really advocate on the sanity side for the end user. And it really is also um, reminding the brand managers as well, right? Reminding the brand managers who we're designing these products for. So I'm, I may be sitting in a meeting, and the creative agency may may put together, may may put forward a great solution. The brand managers say, "Well, I would like it like this," and you know, I gently say, "Well." Let's think about what the user wants, right? And based upon this research, um, this other design may work a little bit better. This other layout may function a little bit better based upon this piece of research. And I always try to these days base everything on research, especially in pharma. They love research. So <laughs> the more you can supply, the more you can supply, the better. But that's outstanding. They gave you the opportunity because, you know, from my, my understanding of your background from years and years ago, I mean, you were always like a digital guy. I always looked at you as like a digital person, right? And always like right. really cool, really cool work. And that's cool. They gave you the opportunity and it's, you know, to really to invest in you because you had, you know, you had the chops, right? So, I mean, you obviously have the chops. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting how you're, you kind of went in there and how it's, it's, it's you're, you're there. They get, you know, some people won't even get that opportunity. Um, yeah, you know, that kind of answers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that obviously helped in your career growth. And, yeah, like and, I um, said, it's, it's a it's an industry that's a little far behind, so so the opportunities the are there. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. So, and it's like, you know, it's something that um, that we need to do more of in pharma. You know, we we talk about the patient as putting the patient first, but it's ex- in pharmaceutical advertising and marketing extremely hard to talk to the patient with all the HIPAA rules and all the regulations. So so how do we find how do we find ways to find out what the user and what's what's the patient and what the healthcare provider who's ever consuming these tactics from us, how do we find out what they really want, right? Based upon yeah. research. If we can't do the research ourselves, can we can we um, you know uh, mine for data from other other companies who Done massive research studies uh, based upon around a specific um, disease state. Um, so, so yeah, it's trying to find creative ways to 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 get user insight. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I 
encourage anybody out there listening who's in UX to explore pharma. It's it's a it's a great space to work in, and we need more great UX folks in pharma um, to really help us drive solutions forward for these patients. Oh, that's cool. It makes that, it makes perfect sense, and that's mm-hmm. it's always interesting stuff when you hear you know people that are doing product design and things like that, and they're building interfaces for something. Just you know, whether it be like a even like a like a you know, like a like a pill counter or something like that, or some kind of device, or even like some kind of medical device, and you know, emergency right. room. So I ran so uh, recently ran into a lot of people like that. So, um, so talking about that, and then talking about my question to you, and, and I learned so I learned more about this this stuff, especially UX, in talking to individuals like yourself and just that than anything I'll read on a, in a publication or a book. And all the best intel comes from just kind of sidebar conversations and hey, do you know about this? So in terms of, like, trends or, like, tools or even new buzzwords or things along that, like, what have you seen in your, you know, your everyday life that maybe is brand new and jumping out at people, you know, that, that I mean, even if it's just something technical, is there anything that you follow or that you've seen where you're like, man, that's that's going to be that hot thing, like, or, you know? Yeah, you yeah, sure. I mean, so, so I think, I mean, just trend in digital generally and it's going to take a lot of UX folks to, to kind of stitch these these processes um, and these experiences together is just hyper-personalization, right? So hyper-personalization of, of everything. It's starting to happen, um, and it's, but it's happening kind of in silos, right? So Netflix recommends, based upon what you watched before, Netflix recommends something that you may be interested in. They're doing the same thing on Amazon, right? Personalization uh, in, inside your, your feeds, inside of inside of Facebook or inside of Instagram. So, you know, trillions of sensors connecting like billions of devices um, are going to allow us to create more personalized experience, the experiences. And, you know, I, for an example, and I just went to uh, a conference, they were talking about like the future of AI and machine learning and, and user experience and just technology in general. And it was just the example they gave was like you you know, you walk there'll be one day in the not too not too distant future <laughs> when you when you walk into a mall, you're immediately geofenced. You've given them permissions obviously to target you specifically, to personalize advertising directly to you. So you, you step inside the mall, you're automatically connected to their Wi Fi. Um the stores around you know that you're there, right? So facial recognition, which already exists oh, through yeah. through our iPhones, or, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> through through our iPhones, through Facebook, facial recognition is is already there. It'll you know could serve you up ads as you're walking down the hallway on these on wow. these billboards, these personalized ads. You know, timely incentives to could pop up on your cell phone at that point. All of a sudden, based upon your past buying history. You know, you have two-year-old Jordans on. You're passing a Foot Locker store. You get a text message for 30% off of the next of the newest Jordans. You walk in with a 30% coupon on your phone. The person who is the salesperson there knows who you are. They see your past. You know, they see your past purchase history. They say, "Oh, you're here for those new Jordans. We heard you have a 30% coupon. Maybe they're already waiting for you." <laughs> you know, things like that. Yeah. So, so that could get really creepy. Really quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, right? It's, so all those technologies kind of exist. 
they all exist, right? So it's going to yeah. take really, really thoughtful designers and UX professionals to stitch those experiences together to where they just kind of seem seamless and they're not creepy. And I think yeah. this would happen. I mean, you know, we have to be able to opt out of that level of personalization as quick as we can opt into it. So you want to just go in the mall and you want to have lunch. You don't want to be bombarded. You've got to be able to, like, turn that stuff off. Right? So, <laughs> so, yeah, so you, that's going to take a, a high level of UX design thinking as well, how you get out of those experiences. So all of that stuff exists, but how do we stitch it all together? So that's, that's yeah. in my mind, the next huge trend in technology. I don't think I'm saying anything that's, that's completely groundbreaking, but um, it's an exciting time, but also a little bit creepy at a time. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, wow. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, and it's, uh, I mean, you think about it, you're right. I mean, to your point, they, it, all that stuff does exist, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's almost like, you know, you have military application or, you know, something along those lines or, or police application, you know, and now it's going to be for the consumer and for retail and all those pieces like that. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I walked by, um, I was at a conference and I walked by this booth that was being powered by Adobe Sensei, which is Adobe's, um, artificial intelligence platform. Yeah. He was able to, as I was walking by, it, it put like this bubble next to my head. It was immediately able to identify I was a male. I was around six feet tall. I have really short or bald head. <laughs> really really short hair yeah. or bald head, not a, not a short hair. Right. <laughs> it, recognized I, it recognized I had glasses on, right? So, so what's to stop it to say, to recognize what type of glasses those are? those are older glasses, maybe that brand offers a new frame that I might be interested in. Like, so you can see the applications are, the applications are really mind-blowing. You're walking by a store and it's immediately seeing what you're wearing. You know, maybe you could even notice something as strange as like, um, I don't know, you're favoring your left leg or you're, you have an odd gait and it could send you a coupon for physical therapy or gym membership or something like that. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's bananas when you think about the applications. It's pretty crazy. Oh, man. That is, I mean, that's, I don't know, yeah. I watched too many sci-fi movies. I mean, but what do you think? Like, you think that's in, like, five years? Like, like something like that, or? I, yeah, I mean, not maybe to that, maybe not to that level, but, but yeah. who would have thought 10 years ago we would have been where we're at right, right now? I mean, just, just the, the online experiences we're having now. You know, having smart speakers in all of our homes, giving all this information out. I mean, if, if someone were to say to you 20 years ago or even 15 years ago, would you be open to carrying a device in your pocket that knows where you're at at all times, that knows everything about you, and, uh, you know, all this other person has all the personal information you can ever want about yourself in it? Would you be open to carrying that device? 15 years ago, you'd be like, no, I'm not carrying that, but that's what we do on a daily basis now. We all carry around this device that knows everything about us. And so it happens over time, just kind of packaged in a sexy package like an iPhone. Um, and it's, uh, it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time to, uh, to be a designer and a UX uh, professional. That's, it's so interesting. I mean, everybody, I mean, it's interesting because so many people who are like different walks of life, you know, start hearing about this. And just even like this conversation. I mean, this is a good conversation to have, and you're like, wow, and, and technology is so fascinating. So it, it's yeah. interesting how you went out and you, and you got your certificate, and they, and, they, and they set you up for that, and then you, your title changed. 
And then, understandably, you, you know, you're saying, you know, um, you're sort of like the only guy that likes yourself there, right? At some some yeah. macro. Yeah, level. I mean, there's there's um there's a couple UX and design folks scattered around around Santa Fe, right? Um, yeah, like I mentioned, Santa Fe is a massive organization. There's a hundred thousand sure. people globally who work inside oh, it, and and wow. yeah, and we're we're um, once a month we've we've created this group. Um, to where five or six of us, those are like the known entities of designing UX inside of Santa Fe, kind of get together and share what we're working on at the time, see if there's any sort of opportunities for cross-pollination or collaboration. So there's not many. There's not many internally at Santa Fe, yeah. but occasionally a new one will pop up and we'll add them to the group. And it's interesting to see what other folks are working on, especially when you when you think about what they're working on in, uh, you know, in Europe, that has different privacy laws than us, that has, has different marketing regulations than us, and we're just sharing information um, on on that kind of uh, that kind of thing. Different technologies that we're using, for example, I'm really steeped in um, Adobe XD, which is a oh yeah sure uh, uh, application design software that allows you to design and prototype and and, um, and share out designs um, and that's not really being heavily used in Europe, right? So I'm sharing that information with them. One of the main initiatives that I have that's built inside of the BSD is this, as we, we talked about this before, a templated design system. So any uh, any brand has a website that needs uh, a, de- uh, a design applied to it, like whether it be a redesign or a brand-new website, we can apply this design system to it. And instead of, you know, this brand working in a silo, um, and designing everything custom and building everything custom, we've designed this system that that can be applied to any any brand that comes through. So that's all. It's all about reusability and efficiency. And if one brand wants to build something that's totally great, we add it to the design system, and uh, everything's built in uh, on the design side in Adobe XD. And our developers love it because it allows us to share design prototypes with them, bounce ideas off them. And um, sure. we can share a design spec with them so they can inspect that right away for, for colors and fonts and padding. And um, the, the days of doing, like, a manual style guide are, are over if you don't if, yeah. if you use Adobe XD, which is really great. So they're not using that stuff in, in Europe um, too much. And um, so I'd love to share uh, things like that with like, oh, European colleagues that like to see what they're working on. So it's um yeah, it's, it, there's a small group of us internally in Sanofi, but we try to help help us each other out as much as possible. That's that's interesting. How it's like a handful of people and a hundred thousand people, right? And it's uh, yeah, I always think that's that's unique. So that's cool that you guys do that. And uh, you know, I'm assuming more will be there'll be more people coming down the road one of these days, you know, or things like that. So. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to keep much more of your time. I just had one other question because you mentioned how you're like the handful of people and 100,000 people. And then I right. see a, a title that says UX. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who've sat in meetings with you and they're like, what the heck is UX? So sure. um, how do you generally, and I know this is definitely part because we talked about it before, how do you generally educate people? Do you like hold town halls? Is it like one-on-one? Is it... Hey, guess what? Ryan's mm-hmm. doing a, a talk about UX at Lunch and Learn in the cafeteria. Yeah, so I've done I've done a bunch of those things. I say, you know, Lunch and Learns are a really great tool to pull everybody together. Um, I recently did one on uh, user-centered design, the process of, of user research all the way through 
launch and then user testing and post-launch. Um, so that's a really great way to to uh, bring people together and educate them just on, on a process and, and just even educate them that there's something out there called user experience. I mean, this this word is thrown around a lot, and a lot of people think it's just a design exercise. They don't realize there's so much more that goes into it um, in terms of user research and user testing. So I try to typically meet them where they're at with their understanding of UX and really just like tout the benefits of UX and most to their goals. Um, so for example, like if I'm speaking to a brand manager, I may tailor a presentation how a consistent and well thought out UX process will reduce friction for their users and allow them to achieve whatever the brand goal is. So that's important to them, right? Um, yeah, if sure. the audience is, say, like, if maybe the audience is um, it's a regulatory team. So I may speak to you about how a consistent user experience will allow us to become more standardized and allow them, allow their jobs to be easier because we've kind of pinned down all of that, uh, those best practices, and the review cycle is sped up. If I talk to a business owner, I talk about um, – maybe how a thoughtful UX process will reduce rework and churn, and that'll actually save the brand money. So that's important for them. So, you know, it's ever it's kind of an ever-changing and ever-evolving discipline, so the answer kind of has to change depending on the audience. And I found that that's a real approachable way to have people understand what, what UX is. No, I mean, that makes that makes perfect sense, but it is – you're right. It's always it's changing, right? Like what it what it was mm-hmm. before they called it. I mean, you know, if they when they didn't call, they called it something else. You know, HCI, computer action, and now it's this and yep. UI and interface and GU, you know, GUI things like that. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's it's, it's steal, an exciting time. Exciting time. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to steal more than your, more time. You know, and I appreciate your time, and I'm, I'm glad we we did this, and I'm glad. Uh, um, it's good to talk about the healthcare thing, and, and I'm sure you know people will listen and have more questions. But you know, I want to just thank you for your time as usual. And I'm glad we actually reconnected from like a million years ago. Um, and I think the healthcare thing, you know, I'm, I'm probably gonna we'll edit this up and get it get it out and make sure we have you know you check it where you need to check it. Um, but I just wanted to say, you know, uh, if people want to connect with Ryan, Ryan, would you want people to maybe connect with you on LinkedIn or how do you if they ever have questions? Sure. Or, yep. Yeah. LinkedIn. Um, is always best. You can do a search for Ryan Rosenberg, uh, Fantasy, and uh, I'll definitely pop up. You'll see my, my ugly mugs pop up. And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to me at any time. Send me a direct message from LinkedIn and we'll talk. Cool. Yeah, because you're definitely, you're probably not the only healthcare guy out there, right? Who's running the, the situations you're running into, and that's awesome that you're there, and it's awesome that it's getting promoted the way it should. Um, yep. So, you know, I just want to say thank you again. Um, the, and, you know, this is Chris Miller, you know, company's top folio. We're representing uh, creatives, helping people, you know, find the right people in the organization, help them get hired and help them find jobs, and then helping uh, managers find the right freelance talent to come in and work. And, you know, we love we love UX, we love products, and all the things that come with it and anything digital. So if you want to reach us, uh, we have a brand-new office. We opened two, three weeks ago in Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, uh, best phone number, actually, you know, Chris, Chris Miller at uh, Topolio or Chris.Miller at Topolio.co. So, uh, if we could ever be a resource, and again, Ryan, I will let you go. Um, but thank you, thank you, and uh, I will, uh, I guess, I don't know, have a good weekend, I guess, right? Great, thanks, Chris. I really appreciate cool. it.
Thanks, Ron. I'll see you later. Thanks. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Chris Miller Show.